Hello and welcome to Films and Swearing, the Foul Mouth Movie Podcast that records straight out of Fife, Scotland. I'm your host, Stuart Zolan, and joining me tonight is Magic Mike Christie. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm not getting up on that one. I didn't mind that one. Nah, it's not as bad. To be fair, it's almost like a running joke at work. Is this your new nickname now, Magic Mike? Uh, the boy you know at work prefers. I actually prefer the XFL at the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking fag. Alright, I'm going to get a t-shirt printed for your birthday. Oh my god. It's just going to be like the front cover of that movie, but your head on top of all the bodies. Yeah, he's gonna get here like a torn quad as well. Ah, I'm just gonna crop the legs off it, like <laughs> fucking Kevin Nash. He didn't need them. Nah. And you folks at home are listening to episode 138, American Werewolf in London. Yay. Second installment of our 80s season. Uh, so I was gonna ask how it's going, but we're we're kind of uh, fucking under attack with news this week. Uh, Normally, it's a, like a good chance to have a wee blather about, oh, Christ, did you see that trailer? Or what about this? But some some fucking acting, an acting legend has passed. Mm. Fucking Sir Roger Moore. He, possibly the most suavest of James Bonds has passed away. I wasn't really a big fan of his James Bond films. Well, they were all right. I think I, I, I think he might be the boy with the record of the, the most, most yeah, about the most seven movies seven, and famously took over from Sean, Sean Connery. So Connery done what three? How was Doctor that? No from Russia with Love, Thunderball. Mm-hmm. Mm, might thought, have been three or four. Yeah, I think there could have been one more, but Roger Moore had quite the fucking filmography anyway, like. In the 60s, he had, he was the television's The Saint, well before the days of Val Kilmer in the 90s. Fucking awful film. So, yes, it, and it was, it was fucking years he put into this show, like from 1962 to 1969, Roger Moore was The Saint. Hmm. So he had a few seasons behind him, and then of course you had, let's see, his James Bond films, Live and Let Die. Was the first one. Yeah. Uh, Man with the Golden Gun. Mm-hmm. Spy Who Loved Me. Moonraker. Now, between Moonraker and For Your Eyes Only, he did The Cannonball Run. Oh, he was in that he as was well. In, he was, was in the second one as well. I, do, I don't think he was in the second one, but I'm pretty sure he was in The Cannonball Run as like a spoof James Bond character. Cried like Seymour. Mm. Again, playing sort of like a suave playboy with gadgets. I've not seen the cannibal run since I was a fucking child, so... And then, of course, it, for years I is only Octopussy, and his last one was A View to a Kill. Like, he had... I think he had some who, of the best who ones. Who Goldfinger? Goldfinger. That might have been Connery, sitting on the bed with a golden woman. Ah, oh, so he done, did do four. Aye. Mm. Uh, but some of his more important work did come in the late 90s like The Quest San Jean-Claude mm. Van Damme and he was what you cry uh, Lord Edgar Dobbs I guess he was he wasn't like the bad guy was he but he was like no that. he was like the subplot who was trying to rob all the riches off of the island whilst the tournament was going on yeah and his husky he pal pirate almost uh. aye because he had a bit of a scabby beard going on as well mm. 
But I was like, it was, I think at one point they're trying to use a hot air balloon to steal a fucking gold dragon statue. <sighs> like anything for a penny. Hmm. And I reckon if this was, I don't think this would have had anything to do with, in 1997 he was in Spice World. Which I'd imagine should be getting a 20 year anniversary Blu-ray any minute now. He just played Chief in Spice World. Spice up your life. Aye, let's not go there. (laughs) Um, And one of his last roles, well, he he was acting up until 2016. Because the boy died at the age of 89. So yeah, it would have been 87, aye. So, in 2010, he was in Cats and Dogs, the sequel, Revenge of Kitty Galore, where he played Tab Lazenby. Always a joke. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I've got a wee clip here of, I've nicked it for CNN, of a couple of Roger Moore's choice one-liners from a couple of his Bond films. I'm now aiming precisely at your groin. So speak or forever hold your peace. He suggests the trade. The egg. For your life. Well, I'd heard the price of eggs was going up, but isn't that a little high? Put me down! Put me down! You want to get up? Mr. Bond! So I think he might be in the like the Bond with the one-liners, because I always remember the one where I can't remember the film, but he was firing a gun, and they might have been doing clay pigeons, and the villain turns around and is like, "You missed, Mister Bond," and then like a a fucking bad guy fell to the tree dead. He's like, "Did I?" Uh. <laughs> but yes, he was all to me. Is always going to be the most suave Bond there was. Yeah. Uh. And the same, the same bloody day, Kevin Smith put out a tweet that Clerks actress Lisa Spooner died. Natural causes at the age of forty-four, and there was a battle in a degenerative disease. All right. So, no, a nice way to go. Now, for people that have seen Clerks, she played Caitlin Bree, who was. The girlfriend, uh, Dante's character. Now, I always remember the trumpet her dating like a, an Asian design major. Oh no, Caitlin was his ex-girlfriend that uh. left him for the Asian design major. But only to come back and not sure to seduce him one last time, but we'll play her most memorable clip. How did you get here so fast? Left like an hour ago. Do you always talk this weird after you violate a woman? Maybe the Asian... I'll pause that. They're watching, like, transgender porno in the shop whilst this scene's going on. That's why you're hearing groans. <laughs> I was about to say that's fucking Jeff Anderson that's fucking watching that, eh? Ah, he's just watching some weird fucking tranny porn at the front I desk. I remember if it was fucking... Actually, in the bathroom or the exactly. Design major slipped her some opium. Could be. It has never been like that before. Like what? 
and just lay perfectly still and let me do everything. Am I missing something here? Okay. I went back there and Dante was already waiting for me. He was? It was so cool. He didn't say a word. He didn't have to. He was just ready. You know, and like we didn't kiss or talk or anything. He just sat there and let me do all the work. You dog, I didn't even see you go back there. And the fact that there weren't any lights on made it so... God, that was so great. <laughs> My legs are still shaking. It wasn't me. <laughs> You're right, who was it then, Randall? Was it you? I was up here the whole time. You two better quit it. I'm serious. Oh, so we didn't just have sex in the bathroom? No. Stop it. This isn't funny. I'm not fooling around. I just came in from outside. This isn't fucking funny, Dante. I'm not kidding. Who went back there? Nobody, I swear. I feel nauseous. Are you sure there was someone back there? Well, I didn't just fuck myself. Jesus Christ. God, I'm gonna be sick. You just fucked a total stranger. Shut the fuck I can't up. Believe this. Call the police. No, don't! Because there's a stranger in our bathroom and he just raped Caitlin. Oh, she God. said she did all the work. Will you shut the fuck up? Who the fuck's in our bathroom? So, yes, that's always going to be the scene she's remembered for, for fucking a dead guy in the back of the bathroom. And that's it. When you look at uh, her, like, if you look her up on IMDb, she never really did anything else. She uh, she was an extra in a, another film called Bartenders, uh, and she had a, a voice, and like a, an appearance in an episode of the Clerks cartoon, which uh, there's only six episodes of, so I'm not sure if it was just audio lifted from the movie, or if she'd done a few lines of dialogue, but it was just like, Clerks was just maybe like a one hit for her, she wanted to be a part of something, did it, and maybe never wanted to pursue yeah. acting after it but it's always one of the most memorable clips of clerks because it is an extra of hers lying in the back of an ambulance as they're fucking ah, wheeling out the dead body traumatized, eh? and the fucking body still got this rock hard <laughs> like a tense pitched <laughs> as it's going past her and when they're having the conversation say oh yeah that's what they cry angel lust <laughs> <laughs> so I two fucking stars have passed this week Let's get the music ready for our spoiler alert. What have you got? Act. That's getting about this film. It has a decent soundtrack. So, obviously this is the point of the show for folk at home to hold their horses and have a wee think to themselves. Have you seen an American werewolf in London? Well, considering the film's almost 40-year-olds, you would think people have seen it. So, you've had a chance. Uh, so, from this point on, we will be talking spoilers. If you're not prepared to cross that moor with us, turn off the podcast and come back later. Because you've been warned. Watch it for the full moon, boys. Okay, that's enough of you guys. So, An American Werewolf in London from director John Landis. Not John Hughes. John Landis, uh, the man of many movies, before An American Werewolf in London, he was responsible for such films as Schlock, that was his debut, uh, followed up with the Kentucky Fried movie, 
which that was like a spoof film, wasn't it? I've never seen it. I've seen. I remember two clips of it. One clip is like a spoof of Enter the Dragon, where all the martial artists are in their white robes practicing martial arts on the beach. The next one is a couple having comedic sex in a shower, and it's just this woman's big fucking soap-covered jugs being pressed against glass, and we squeaky <laughs> soon going. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's the only two moments I remember that film. Then you've got Animal House. Ah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. And, of course, The Blues Brothers. So, for him to follow up with American Werewolf in London is completely flipping script. Like, fuck it, let's uh, go horror. Because I'm pretty sure was it a, was the tagline for the film, was it like... Uh, it was... The tagline was something like from director like John Landa. Mm-hmm. From the director of Animal House. Aye. And then it's like, wait a second, this is not a fucking comedy at all? Well, Aye, and it has, it's got animal in the like, tagline. So Aye. It's like a different kind of animal or something. Aye, that's it. The cast of An American Werewolf in London, we've got David Norton as David Kessler, Jenny Agutter, Agutter, as Nurse Alex Price. Griff Dunn as Jack Goodman, and John Woodvine as Dr. Hirsch. There's a few other faces in it, but they're not around there for long. Nah. Uh, and I was going to say, Andrew! You know Andrew. Uh, Michael, what is the plot of An American Werewolf in London? Are they backpackers? Yes, they are backpackers. Uh, right, so two American Oh wait, I'm just thinking about it. So wait, I just said Andrew. There's that's like shouting out your ex's when your ex's name when you're in bed together. A fucking podcast full pa. Ah, uh, two backpackers are doing like a walking tour of England, and uh, they're not in London yet, are they? They're like fucking where is it? Ah, they're ah, uh, they're on their way to London. Ah, they're, uh, they're on like the arse end of London basically, mm-hmm. and they end up getting attacked. By a, a werewolf that oh, no the locals that well the, they're aware of it yes but they choose to like, ignore it and like, mm. cover shit up right it's like a, a a sacrifice to keep the beast happy type of uh, feeling to it and then it leads to well one of the boys survive uh, and it's then, just so it's picked up for him in hospital isn't it and just uh, to see. Then he started seeing visions of like his dead mate. Telling him that he's now got the bloodline of the beast. And the next mm. full moon, well, an American werewolf in London happens. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, IMDb put it down as two American students on a walking tour of Britain that are attacked by a werewolf that none of the locals will admit exists. Goes a wee bit further than that, but yeah. I guess that's it in a nutshell. Alright, Michael, what did you think of the film? Yeah, I think this was the second, maybe the third time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And it was still it was still pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Does it hold up if it, when you first saw it? Like, what I was your reaction they, when you first saw it? Well, Were you like, oh yeah, God, this is fucking mental. The one bit that stands out for me is what I talked about earlier was that total dream sequence. Where he was back at home. Oh, and the weird like fucking, fucking soldier. 
monster soldiers. Not they look like uh, Nazis, Nazis uh, but they were like fucking proper nightmare creatures. Yeah, with like storm the house. Aye, stormtroopers coming in, fucking gunning down his family and holding him at knife point. Because I was waiting to see if they were going to fucking slit his throat. Yeah. And, but ah, even, because there was no like a shot of the mum opening the curtains or uh, opening the kitchen window and there's just some dude pointing a machine gun at her. Mm. Ah, that was like one bit of the film that I forgot about and it kind of like caught me off guard. I was like, what the fuck am I watching here? Ah, it's a properly intense moment. My, my first exposure to this was... A good few years ago, like maybe like th- just three years ago, and I was pre- going to I was on another podcast that were reviewing that, and I I think it was a, a film called Nightbreed. Alright. Uh, so it was them back to back. So your two movies. Mm. So I remember having to watch both of those, and I was I was impressed because you feel like it's one of those films you should have watched fucking ages ago, but you've just never got into like. Uh. You scroll past it like 30 times a week on Netflix. I said, nah, I'll watch that later. It's on my yeah. list. I want to watch it, but it's no right to do. I think I might yeah. just watch Commando again. And then when you do want to watch it, it's not there now. Aye, they take it off. It's a fucking nightmare. But it is, this is quite a fun wee film. Like, it's impressive. Like, just the whole fact, the whole idea behind the wolf. The like the mechanics, the practical effects, yeah. the fact that they managed so much. Ah, uh, they make it look like it's actually so fucking horrible to go through as well. Oh, a very painful experience. Aye. Before seeing the film, were you aware of it? Like, had you heard of it? Aye. Was there a thing like? It was not put on like a pedestal. Oh, you better not fucking watch that film, or you'll no sleep. Nah. It was never treated remember, as like a proper horror I film. I remember at high school, somebody brought in the sequel. Oh, aye. The Paris one. Yeah. And it was fucking awful. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I've got that for the notes later on to see, because you've seen it. That's uh, good. Now, let's talk about all these old cunts in the pub. Obviously, most notably, we have like a young Rick Mayo playing mm. chess, I think, or playing aye. darts. Ah, he's playing chess with the ball boy. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, I think if you go through all the British actors in this film, they've all had parts in some fucking soap. Right. Yeah. I was reading, because the ball boy, like, stood out to me most apart from Rick Mayle, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I had him in my head, like, I was like, I've seen him before, and I'm trying to remember what it is. And then when I finally looked it up, he was... Uh, he was in Alien 3. Oh, right. He was uh, like the, the head prisoner sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, remember, like, Charles Dance was in it and that. Yeah. Um, well, she was like, he wasn't in charge, but it was like this other baldish boy that was... Were they all going a bit in robes, weren't they? Ah, kind of, aye. Ah, never thought. I've seen him for... Mm-hmm. I know they say a couple of folk in it had credits. Uh, I think it's a lot later on when there's a police officer shows up. He ends up being like a prominent character from the bill. Bit as well when, what's, what's her name, the nurse Alex mm-hmm. goes to take him to the doctor and jump in that cab. You know, Aye. The cab driver starts talking 
Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was looking him up as well, he was a uh, brick top and snatch. All right. Ah, uh, oh shit. Yeah, he was a cab driver and that. Because I was like, listen to him talking. I was like, who the fuck's that? Aye. And it wasn't until the end of the film I was watching with the credits and I was like, that's it, fucking is. <laughs> but aye, I like the old fucking barmaid that was. <laughs> they, they was oh, uh, well, they don't want like coffee aye, or what? Coffee or tea and all that. Exactly. And so, we don't do any hot drinks. And it's, like, it's either beers or beer spirits or you have a pot of tea and so we'll have tea then we don't have any tea like okay <laughs> you'll get what you're fucking getting and then is it no when they go to like fucking home like a lunch at the mm. table as well they just kind of get looked at uh, it, it, it fucking it made me think back to hell or high water from last year and you had Jeff Bridges and his partner going to a wee restaurant and the woman comes over Saying he's having a steak. He says, Oh, uh, it's like steak, and your options are corn on the cob or fucking nothing else. <laughs> is it? Well, steak will do, miss. And the other guy's like, I'll have mine mediums that you'll get as it's gain. <laughs> like, okay, ma'am. They're fucking shit scared of this old woman. I think one of them dared ask about the fish, and she gave him a fucking mufu. <laughs> uh, right, let's think about the moors here. When they decide to cross Aye. it, and you get your first. Well, it's sort of like there's some dialogue going on, but it's the howling. Ah, they think it's like a dog and all that. Aye, because it's oh man, is that a coyote? And they start talking all this pesh, and it's like, we're we're going across the fucking English moors. There's no fucking coyotes here. <laughs> and it's just when the howling gets louder, you notice that they do a lot of things where it's almost like the shark for jaws, like they could see it. And they look at it and they dig in what to do, but yeah. the camera's not showing you the beast just yet. Aye. I was like, oh, look, it's just a big dog. Hey, boy, calm down. And then one of them fucking falls. I think it's. Aye, it's. Um, I was going to say Jeff, but it's not. It's Jack. Jack. Is it Jack that falls? Jack slips. And then. No, no, no. David no, slips David and Jack slips. bends over to pick him up. And then it just gets fucking... And then just gets fucking side-swiped by this fucking wolf. And... It, <laughs> David's such a fucking dick because he fucking legs it. He gets halfway and he's like, wait, shit, I should run back. Like, uh, his conscience finally catches up with him. Uh, and I love the fact, the the fact that they're wearing these big bomber jackets. Like, they're properly stuffed jackets. This great effect. So when they're being fucking shredded, all the padding... Uh, Starts gets all the stuff and gets it's fucking like, thrown it's around. Aye, that's it. It just, just kind of this extra little effect. Like even by the time he gets back to Jack and he's all just fucking cut to ribbons, he's all ah. blood, his face, his shoulder, everything's all fucking torn up. Yeah. And, well, he's fucking dead. But then also he gets attacked. Aye. That point is when the fucking villagers catch up. Aye, and they shoot him. Aye, like. They finally decide enough is enough. But it cuts to the him, hospital. Ah, uh, him in hospital. And was it, they, they give it a time scale of like three weeks later. And he's he's uh, kind of healed up. He's got like a wee scar on his cheek. He's got the claw mark across his chest. Yeah. And then you get to see the, the sultry Dr. Price. Like She looks like she walked out a fucking milk tray advert. Like just as I say, what's that carry on film? Aye. Uh, 
but aye, she does come across as this like proper English bird. Like she's got the posh mm. doctor thing down to a T. Ah, yeah, because um, him, her, and the other nurses talking about that she like. Ah, and oh, he's American. Oh, he's Jewish as well. How the fuck do you ken that? <laughs> so I've had and three well, weeks. Peeked under the sheets a few times. And why else she's saying that? The fucking like head surgeons like pretty much behind them. Aye. So, well, that answers that question, then, ladies. I, I'm not needed here anymore. <laughs> and just leaves. Um, but in mix, because that's uh, this second act is like a lot of it. He is in hospital for. It does feel like a good couple of days because you, we get a few nightmare sequences. Aye. It starts off innocent at first. Yeah, he's just running through the woods naked. Aye. And then maybe his second dream, he's coming across a deer. Yeah. And he fucking strikes a deer. Aye. But he's still human. And then you get that, what makes me think like an evil dead shot where he's in the hospital bed, but still in the middle of the forest. And it's got the grey face paint and the yellow contact lenses. Aye. And the eye, the, the fangs. And he just like, fucking wakes up in a hospital bed <sighs> and freaks out. And it's around that point where uh, fucking Jackie Boy shows up again. Aye. It's not like a hello that's like, hey, can I hear a toast? Aye. And casual as fuck. But the fucking makeup Base, on him is amazing. Base is torn to fuck. Aye, there's a point he's sitting talking to him and a bit of his chin's just like wiggling <laughs> like just a wee bit a wee flap of skin just flipping around as he's just talking having a laugh with him saying hey you know you're a werewolf now <laughs> and like yes, it's just you know we banter with him but he's just still fucking dead yeah. and it becomes this running theme where he keeps coming back to visit him but he's, he's decomposing at this point mm. Because you get him where he's he's all grey and green, yeah, in the apartment, and then at the end in the cinema, where he's like pretty much a a fucking skeleton, mm-hmm. and it's at that point it's a fucking puppet being animated yeah. to do this scene. Because I reckon if there's a shot where he's trying to eat popcorn in the cinema, where he's like just his hands going to his mouth, and you just see the teeth going up and doing through the gaps in his cheeks. Uh. Like, it's great that, because I reckon there's something about him, like, Jack kind of, I think you've said it yourself, he kind of steals it. Aye. Like, when you see him at the start of the movie, he looks like a pal that's killed off in the first five minutes and he's gone. Yeah. But the fact that they managed to bring him back, and in a way where it's only David that could see him. Yeah. It kind of makes the film a bit lighter, kind of. A comedic relief. Aye. Especially the fact that he's this dead body that's reanimated and it's talking to him. Yeah. So it doesn't give you... It diffuses it from being a full-on horror. Because it's a kind of a slow pace in the horror aspect. Like, other than the little quick nightmare sequences we get when his fucking family's being terrorised by the soldiers and when he finally transforms into it. Yeah. Like, they're the most, I guess, the only examples of terror you get, other than them being attacked at the beginning. Yeah. But it's it's like a weird a weird beast, because you didn't quite... It's not full-on comedy, 
Like yeah. there, there's wee comedic bits. Yeah. Um. The bit in the the bit in the subway is kind of a bit tense. Yes, aye, that boy being fucking stalked by aye. the fucking werewolf is quite well done. Gone up like the escalator. Exactly. Aye, that's it. When he gets out of hospital and fucking Dr. Alex is like, aye, just move in with me. Mm. I've gotten to Kenya over the last few weeks. Uh. I've decided some home caring is needed. Let's have sex in a really small shower. I was milk for one person. And then just cram two people into it. Supposedly, uh, according to your IMDb trivia notes, they built that shower for that sequence. They said not too many uh, flats in London had showers in them. Right. But for them to get that that love-making sequence, they had to build a shower, and it was temperamental. They could never get the right temperature of water. Uh. So in some shots, it'd be warm, so they'd be fine, and then it would quickly switch, and then they would just break character and fucking squeal. Uh-huh. And then you kind of get your, uh, I would say, a fairly tame 80s love scene where they just have a wee roll around in the beds. Yeah. It's not an over long. It's maybe about 10 seconds long. It's not like when the, the fucking 90s where they're grabbing bed sheets and they're fucking jumping on top of each other, yeah. but it's a tame one. Yeah. They said something about. Actually, no, I was they were, I was going to say they were trying to prevent a lot of full frontal nudity to this film. This is another one of your IMDb trivia notes. They didn't want to have the lead actor, David, be uh, full, well, fucking naked on camera, especially with these sequences of running through the forest. Because we've always established that he is a Jewish a Jewish man, yeah. according to like that ginger nurse that was saying to pick up the sheets. Yeah. But... He's actually, okay, <laughs> I reckon how IMDb found this out unless somebody just explained it uh, for the crew. But he was an uncircumcised gentleman who was running through the woods. Ah, uh, so they were thinking that for continuity, they must have fucking taped his tadger to his leg, <laughs> so it couldn't be flipping about as. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like for that boy Sorry, that. Yeah, man, he's no fucking Jewish. He's the, not the, the boy that pauses the Blu-ray at that precise scene is like, wait a second, I see foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> Dear John Landis, the fact that you've not... <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, so I. It's this point in the film where he gets like the transformation sequence. Ah, yes, where he's, he's sitting about the flat and he plays... Um... It's a couple of songs going on. Like the soundtrack to this film has all got "Moon" in the title, supposedly. Like that song we played there for, but well, "Bad Moon Rising" was the title. Uh, but ah, uh, he's just sitting in the flat, and then all pissing about. Just fucking Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> like on the count of three, just fucking uh. snap. <laughs> and it's because he's just trying to read a book, and he's like. Ah! And he's on the ground ripping his fucking clays uh, off like they're on fire. And it's no a quick transformation. It's, nah, it's, it feels like it's on for about two minutes. Mm-hmm. Watching, at first it's his hand fucking getting uh, elongated. Longer, and then like his heels getting arched. And it, it properly uh, showed you each part of his body fucking changing. Yeah, just like all the hair coming through. Aye. I think that must have been like a reverse camera effect or something just to get like that so that weird growth yeah. like 
that, and then it cuts that shot of him on the floor, and it's like his chest and his uh, like it's just his body stretching and shrinking in, and the face, like the fucking the the snout growing, <sighs> and the fucking teeth is. Like, the sound editor deserved a fucking trophy for this. Yeah. You heard every bone creak and crunch and a lot of squelching. Remember, they always say that special effect for Evil Dead where somebody being stabbed in the eye. It was like a pen being stabbed into an apple. Uh-huh. It seemed like somebody was going to fucking town on an apple in this film. It was like a... <laughs> just fucking everything was fucking used. It was the bit when he had the first transformation and it's one bit that always stands out is when he's on the floor and he's like going fucking mental and he just shouts he's like he's like I didn't mean to call you meatloaf Jack <laughs> it just feels like oh shit you're telling the truth <laughs> and then he, he just goes out on the prowl he goes out for a feed and it's the who's the, the, the rich, dinner guests ah uh, the rich couple that come into the taxi aye they want to be clever and go around the back and chap on the wind and give their pals a fright. Yeah. And do they know say, wait, that's a is that a dog over there? Uh fucking And it's fact that the post couple's upstairs hitting a fucking wine or whatever and yes. looking at the window and we're like this dim light and they're like, hey, what's that out there? Mm-hmm. And it's like, alright, I think I should actually go and investigate that. And do you know what he eventually just comes across like a severed hand? Ah, and he goes miles away from his house. Ah, it's like I'm halfway in the dam, no? Ah. If my pals are playing a prank on me, I don't think they go fucking uh, this far away from my house. Ah, and then she stands on something and he hears the blood like the squelch. And then he looks and it's like the fucking severed hand and that. And then you've got like fucking three or four homeless dudes just trying to keep warm. Ah. Like, wait a second, is that a fucking duck? <laughs> Last famous <laughs> words. They're both thinking, ah, dinner. Oh, we could eat that fucking duck. Put him over our fire, that'll keep us. We could wear him his skin like a coat. But no. They, get, <laughs> they become the coat. Ah, uh, they get fucking munched. And I think, I read somewhere that it was six victims in the first night. But I could only remember the two dinner guests, three homeless dudes, and the subway guy. Who, like, he's easily spooked. Ken, who I thought the subway guy was at first? Bony. Oh, aye. He kind of... Yeah, it's the height. Had the wee look. The wee look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but when I looked at it, wasn't it? All he was doing was, like, he got off the stop. It's like he bought a fucking sweetie for the machine. Uh, he's just sitting there chewing on a toffee and just hears howling. He's like, now, c- cut this out. I'm not I'm not ready for any hijinks. I'll report you for this. Strange howling noise. I've got an umbrella and a briefcase. And... And then it just starts fucking stalking them. Oh, I know. And it's almost like the point of view hang. Aye, and it's great when it's... Just the whole thing of like the London Underground where it's these circular tunnels and it's going across this strobe light in this first person mode as it's going through. It's got a great tunnel effect. It does when he gets to the first escalator and he's fine. But when he gets to the second one and he's fucking panicking, like he tries to jump a fence and fucking forgets he's holding a briefcase and an umbrella and fucking... And then he trips on the fucking escalator. Oh, he fucking eats, like, and then, face plants that escalator. And it's, it's actually a really good shot of the fact that it's, the cameraman's at the top of the escalator. Looking and you can down. And see the, 
the werewolf creeping in. Holy creepy man. Aye, it's an amazing shot. Where it's as if maybe you, if you weren't paying attention to it the first time, you would not have noticed it just creeping into the shot. Yeah. Like, it just comes into frame and it cuts away. Yeah, and it doesn't even show you um, nah, it just, getting done. You just can, like, it's there. There's no cut to, like, the London Zoo, it? Exactly, it's just to the wolves and the enclosure. Yeah. And him sitting bollock naked again. And a fucking silly IMDb trivia note was David Kessler's, like, screen time in this film. 40% of his screen time is spent naked in this film. So he's full screen taped. Aye. That's extra percentage you never got. Mm. <laughs> it's like, I don't know, a couple, two or three percent. And then while all this has gone on, uh, Dr. Hirsch. Aye. He's beginning to... He's the way back up to, is it East Porton? Uh, to uh, the slaughtered lamb? Uh, trying to get a wee want, pint I want in. one interesting in for a pub. Aye. It's like, Got a pot of tea in? No. <laughs> I'll just say I smoke Guinness. Aye, uh, fair enough. Doesn't even fucking drink it, what a waste. I can I didn't know if he was intimidated by the locals. Because he goes in and he tries to start the conversation. A wee banter. And, uh, and they're, no, they're, they're, they're kind of not taking on, like, they know what he's on about. Aye. And they're trying to act like incognito. Aye, because he's coming in going, Aye, that was quite funny what happened to those three lads, the two and that psychopath that attacked them. Eh, is that no weird? Somebody tell me it was a werewolf. What do you think? I think you should leave this fucking pub. <laughs> Fair enough. Absolutely <laughs> not. It, it's the whole fucking thing in the pub where it's got the fucking... It's not the Star of David or, like... Ah, uh, they're still the same, like... Ah, uh, the, symbol, the symbol with the fucking lit candles. Like, that's a strange bit of decor uh, in this pub. Oh, it's been there for years. Aye. Uh, we used to have the dartboard over it. <laughs> <laughs> until you pissed off the spirits every time you missed a shot I forgot about the fucking bit at the start when they're in the pub go for and it talking. and the guy's in the dartboard mm-hmm. and he just walks out of them and he's like you made me miss Aye. I never miss mm-hmm. you ain't gonna fucking fight it's gonna kick out cause mm-hmm. does he know mention says ah I've been telling no to cross the moors <laughs> and there's enough to fucking cause that boy to hit the the fucking board is like, I've never hit the board. <laughs> uh, but we do we get this awkward comedy sequence after he wakes up in the zoo and he's fucking bollock naked and it, it's operation uh, and he's get hide, some clays. He's hiding behind the bush and he's like the wee boy with the balloons. And Annie. Aye. He's like, hey kid, I'll get a pound for those balloons. And like, no, talking bush, I'm not getting you my balloons. <laughs> what about two like, pounds? Alright, like, right, talking bush, you can have my balloons. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a weird. And it's a wee Lottie. You're gonna go see his mum, eh? I, it, was, it was like. He didn't care he was being filmed almost, just the way he was <laughs> acting. Know. And like, there was a man in the bush and he took my balloons. And he was naked. Aye. And, and then the, he runs past a couple on the bench and he swipes the fucking fur coat. Ah, that was a and then, funny bit. And then it's the scene where they stand at the bus stop. Ah, they can see him. And it's like the feet shot. Aye. And it's him like dressed up in the fur coat. Aye. I hope the woman had a couple pounds in her pocket because I didn't know how he's going to get on that bus. Ah, I know. Fucking the fur coat and he knickers. And is he no say something when he's standing because people are kind of looking at him when he's wearing this fur coat? Ah, he's like, that weather again, eh? Aye. <laughs> Fucking weather. 
But he does. He comes off. He's all sprightly because obviously he's had a good feed, and he's he's going out with Alex the next day. He's like, oh no, I feel great. Let's mm. let's fucking run somewhere. Let's go do something. And no, let's go see the doctor. Aye, the doctor's come back because he's ended up. He's found out that because the guy with the dartboard like spilled the fucking beans basically. Aye, because they're all saying that because David knew he was a fucking werewolf, but never they believed him. And well, he didn't really kill himself until he fucking transformed. Yeah. But everyone's kind of got the idea now that shit, maybe he is a werewolf. Fucking bunch of homeless folk got fucking ripped to shreds. The same with some cunt in the subway. But he gets lured away. That's it. He realizes, wait, I am a werewolf. Aye. Shit, I need no. I I need to be arrested. <sighs> and they're in like Trafalgar Square, and he runs over. He's like, Prince Charles is a faggot. Um, <laughs> fuck you. Uh, cunt, cunt, bugger, wanker, go and arrest me. Is the right lad? I've had enough of your pranks. <laughs> was like, no. The postman's doing fucking nothing to like, give him a light of day to arrest him. Exactly. And he's going around, are you going to arrest me? He's like, aren't you just playing a prank on us? Like, no, I'm crying cunts fags. Come on, just <laughs> arrest me. I'm dangerous. I shouldn't be allowed out. <laughs> and he eventually fucks off to like, no, I was going to say, he, he sees fucking he sees Jack, Jack outside the, the, the fucking porn theatre. Now, let's say a fucking moment for this this porno film. See you next Wednesday. Like, the I, I can. It's fucking weird, isn't it, Kat? I can. It should really be Tuesday. <laughs> ah, especially if you want to cry somebody, I can't. But, um, there is a big trivia note on this. Other than the fact that it's a funny little porno to begin with, uh, it's this this couple shagging on a bed, and then presumably the husband walks in, saying, "What have I told you about doing this?" And the man turns around saying, "I'm sorry, I didn't mean to." He's like, "Not you, you twit, her." And he's like, "I don't know you." All right, no worries, and he just leaves. Like he realizes it's not his wife that's having an affair. Like, what a weird, stupid little porno that they made. Because supposedly this was the first thing that was filmed in the production, was the porno. <sighs> and John Landis seems to have... I'm going to have to get my phone for this, because See You Next Wednesday seems to have been a small staple. Like, this is the big kahuna burger of his films. Alright. Alright, let me get the quote up. Um... Aye. The title of the movie, See You Next Wednesday, is a trademark John Landis work. Uh, a first first encountered by him as a dialogue in 2001 A Space Odyssey, he created a fictional movie, included posters of it in his films early as 1973. Uh, then you'd seen posters of it in Trading Places in 1983. Again, in Coming to America... And the Blues Brothers, they had it on billboards. Uh, obviously, they screened in the cinema uh, in this film. There's also footage of it in Kentucky Fried Movie. And there's mentions of it in the Michael Jackson Thriller movie, as well as other mentions of dialogue, props, set dressing. So he's always mentioned See You Next Wednesday yeah. in and throughout his films, which is different. Oh, I've never really picked up on it. Nah, 
But I'm going to keep an eye out next time like I watch Blues Brothers just to see if there's a see you next Wednesday fucking billboard. Yeah. And it's just for this weird little porno. Hmm. <laughs> I just still fucking just love it, the fact that the guy assumes it's him that has been shouted. It's like a, you must have thought it was like a gay couple having a fallen out. It's like, what did I tell you about this? It's like, I'm sorry, I'll not do it again. Not you, you twit. Her. <laughs> and it's, he's not alone. Yeah, Jack, David's in there. Obviously, he's got Jack. But for some reason, you can see all the victims of the people you've killed. Aye, because you see the victim of the... The ghost. It's like something to do with the bloodline type of thing. The fact that he's killed them is why he could see them now. Aye, because it's... Uh, or he's guy, fed on the blood. and Subway guy sitting next to... The dinner guests. Yeah. The homeless guys are sitting in the row in front of them. Mm. And they would say we'd please to meet you, but we're not. They always just suggest them, like, you just kill yourself. That's probably going to be the best way to do it. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, take a gun and put it to your temple. And they say, oh no, take some sleeping pills. And say, nah, it might not work. And they're all just like, taking a piss out. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, maybe I don't want to kill myself. Because you get that shot of him where he takes out his wee Swiss army knife and he goes to cut uh, his wrist when he's phoning like his brothers and sister uh, back home just trying to get a wee message because he can like, his time is short. Yeah. But, and it does, it just kind of leads back to um, transforming again. Aye. He just decides to spend the rest of the day in the porn theatre until it's night time. Aye, because then the... He starts... The tent, the, the, the fucking, well, the wife, the cashier wifey, starts going mental. Aye, because there's like a steward or an usher. Aye. Because he starts screaming, ripping up the seats, oh, that some cunt's jacking off in the theatre again. Uh. And it goes through, and it's like, no, you better go. I'm a fucking werewolf. And he just says, like, I love the fucking shots in this film when he kills somebody. It's never just ripping them apart. It's always somebody's fucking heads get ripped off their shoulders. Yeah. Like, it was the police officer, because when the whole commotion started happening on, like, Piccadilly Square or something, like, they throwed in the shutters and the police, uh. like... As soon as the police found out there's something going on at the fucking porn theatre, you seen them running from one side of London to the other. You seen how quick they got there. It's like, oh, you cunt, the fucking film might still be on. Run! I hear it's like, see you next Wednesday. <laughs> and they get there and it's trying to fucking burst out the wooden shutters. And it's like a detective, like, it's like a chief gets in the rods and the werewolf jumps between them and fucking grabs him by the neck. And the next shot is the fucking chief's head bouncing off the bonnet of the car. I <laughs> that fucking it's fact that it actually begins to like just go through the city of London. Aye, it like triggers part. like this crazy fucking car crash sequence. Aye. Where one car crashes and it swipes, one. hits Aye. a dude. It fucking hits another dude. A bus swerves, some cunt's head goes through the bus windy and Aye, it's just a massive pile Goes through a shop windy and rolls o- drives over a guy. Some other it reverses like so much crazy fucking shit goes down in like 10 seconds like you're like oh oh yeah fuck jesus fucking hell wow and just all this happens and then it cuts to alex and dr hirsch catching up with the police Uh, and as it's i mean the plot there's not really a lot to it like, as far as they progress, like, the story is, right, he transforms, he runs away, they corner him in an alley. Yeah. 
and you kind of get to see that even though he is the beast, when Alex comes over to talk to him, uh, it's kind of like content. Aye, uh, like the eyebrows, like didn't wrinkle as much. It kind of sympathizes uh, for a second, and you see that David's still in there, but then it goes to jump for her, and the uh, police manage to shoot through her and kill the kill the beast. Yeah. Because when they all fire us, I thought, ah, oh, she's fucked. Ah, uh, she's been caught in it. She's going to be riddled with bullets, but no. They were skilled marksmen. They managed to shoot around her and hit the wolf. And then it's just him lying back to his like, normal like, human form. Like, riddled with bullets. Yeah. And then it just ends. Ah, it just... Just ends like that. Mm-hmm. You, you can watch you can what happens, that's it. Finished. On to the next movie. So I, it, it's funny that it's sort of like a quick, like choppy sequence. There's no really any. Ah, there's no like any like like long like longevity like the ending at the end. Mm-hmm. You didn't have a fucking Doctor Hirsch, you see. Trying to explain. It was beauty that killed the beast, <laughs> and just some sad sweeping music and someone yeah. going away and cuts to another shot of boys it, being it dropped off. With fucking same song played at the start. Oh, I just haven't. Was it not? It was the Moon River, but uh, aye. Something because that's I think the whole soundtrack, every song title has the word Moon in it. Yeah. It was carefully picked. Now, um, so we've come to the end. Is there any notes, anything we've missed that we've not mentioned yet that you want to say now before we move on? pretty much covered everything. Now there's two trivia notes that I've not had a chance to bring up yet, uh, which I think are worth mentioning. When it came to coming across to London to film, only four American work permits were requested all from the British government for the production. Obviously you had your director, John Landis, mm. makeup effects artist, Ricky, uh, Rick Baker, and then you had the our two actors, David Norton and Griffin Dunn. Mm. The first three work permits were granted for the government with no question. So your director got in, makeup artist, and Griffin Dunn, but they refused. No, they questioned the necessity of a work permit for the actor. Uh, no, Griffin Dunn. Now, Griffin was. Is that Jack? I'm yes. Jack. So everyone got in apart for Jack. They questioned his application uh, for the reason was that uh, there were plenty of young American actors living in Great Britain who could portray the role of Jack. Why would we need to let another one in to play this role? Uh, So John Landis threatened to rewrite the script and retitle the movie American Werewolf in Paris and that the equity office had to reconsider the application and granted done his work permit. Yeah. So if they weren't letting their pal in, they were going to fucking move the production from London to Paris. Yeah. And I think one of the other famous things coming out of this was Michael Jackson. Right. He loved this movie, especially with all the makeup and the special effects, and he insisted on uh, hiring the responsible personnel for his planned music video, Thriller. Aye. So you got John Landis to direct it. you got Ricky Baker. Ricky Baker? I'm thinking of somebody for a film when I say Ricky Baker. But 
Rick Baker they hired him as the special effects artist. They hired the film's costume designer. And they got Elmer Bernstein for the creepy music. And the crew led by Robert Painter, the cinematographer, to direct the fucking thriller music video. Mm. So he was that impressed with the fucking this production. Fucking hired them all thriller music video for him. Which I guess makes sense. But I don't think I've ever fucking properly watched that music video ever since I was a kid. Nah, it's like fucking also about 10 minutes as well, is it not? Mm-hmm. So it starts off with him in the car with the bird. Ah. And then it all just basically goes to shit. Now, you said you've seen the sequel. Aye. Now, this morning when I was looking through the information, it is a completely unrelated sequel. Like, there's no yeah. connecting cast. It's not even, it's not John Landis, it's, it's basically in name only. Like, an American werewolf in X. Yeah. And this is Paris. And for what I've read, it's not a very... Ah, it's pretty shit. Aye. Because this is the point, it's it's in the 90s, isn't it? Where they've decided to use uh, computer effects instead of physical effects. I'm pretty sure there's a fucking bit in the film because it's a woman that's a werewolf in this one mm. and I'm pretty sure there's a bit where like they're like shagging and she turns midway through it oh no imagine the pelvic muscles oh, just turn from woman to wolves just crushing the dude's willy <laughs> aye picture that thought at home audience mm. I'm trying not to mm. just a snapper going Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> it's like fucking losing them Tracy Morgan and Copper where he's like no, 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 no. Nah, I'm just thinking that shot of the thing when they're trying to uh, revive the dude and they're punching his uh, chest and the fucking chest caves in. It's just that. Aye. That's our vag. Aye, so you're saying about the film? Uh pretty fucking horrible. I think we watched it in Modern Studies. Uh, what? No, I this is like one of these days where your teacher can be arsed teaching you and they, they roll out the fucking tape and video player. Ah, we got like, it's one of the one of the folk for scale brought it in as well. Ah, right. It's no like I still, a... I still remember somebody brought in a scary movie and told the teacher that it was like a 15. Right. So we could watch it and he was fucking Laughing at it. Ah, I mean, the weirdest films we were shown in school, and there's always ones that they had on them. Um, our techie teacher always seemed to have carried a copy of Willow. Ah. A history teacher had a copy of Braveheart, and our RE teacher had Grease. Ah. Somebody brought an American Pie. I remember that being brought in yeah. once. But. It was on for five minutes and then it's fucking pulled out the player. Somebody brought an American Pie on like the last day before summer, yeah, like fourth year or something. Mm-hmm. And we were watching it. I remember we got shown Titanic in history. Shit, that must have taken about like six lessons to fucking cover. Shown Armageddon in religious education. Aye. Just want to close your eyes. Um, uh, Get some wee arrows. Also, we would have shown Schindler's List in RE as well. Oh, shit. That would have been, that would have been appropriate for a yeah. history lesson. And 
English we got Sean of Mice and Men because we read the book wait shit yeah Anger Anger got that one as well uh, as well we got Southern uh, I, I, Southern Comfort right I do remember that uh, one but I remember we got Lord of the Flies uh, we got Southern Comfort uh, Othello was another one and that was the one that had a oh what's his the fucking black dude for the Matrix Lawrence Fishburne aye there's some Shakespeare play with him in it uh, um, I think and it was either history, geography, or more studies. We got Romeo and Juliet, like mm-hmm. the updated one. What, like the Leo? Yeah. Right. And mm. like, we got Greece and like fucking. We got Greece and we got Dangerous Minds and music. All right. Because we were getting taught how to play Guns of Paradise on drums. <laughs> the difference. <laughs> I know. Maybe controversial, but. Um, that was always the funniest thing about when you got shown a video in fucking high school. You only ever got to see the first 60 minutes because then your lesson was over and you had to go do fucking PE yeah. after it or something. So I've never seen the end of Greece. I've always seen the first hour. That's it. Yeah. And folks say, how do you know seen the end of Greece? Like, my lesson was only on for 60 minutes. I know. It's not like you come back the next week and you got to watch the second half of it. Uh, uh, let's see. Facts and figures for this film. American Werewolf was made on the budget of $10 million. I wonder how much that went into the fucking, like, special effects. Mm-hmm. I wonder how much it cost to make a scene next Wednesday. Aye, exactly. That, the price to rent a fucking room. I know. Uh, that would have been, like, your 80s equivalent of a fucking travel lodge. Guessing it probably made about 30, 40 million. Domestically, it did pull in 30 million. And it pulled in another thirty million on the foreign market, so worldwide, sixty million dollars. Is that right? Ah, it's quite decent. One star reviews. Is that right? There's one. Ah, that's all right. Then. Out of three hundred and nine, it's been well reviewed. Um, the one review. Is it a legit one star review? It's a fucking one word review. One, uh, one star by Sue. Poor. And that was it. That was it. One word. Uh, so I've, I've had to go on and get uh, two star reviews from Amazon because I need some fucking content. I can't just, can't just give me Any the word poor. That one star review, did somebody get the. Was it like somebody snuck in American Wolf from Paris into the box of. That, that's what it was like. Poor. What were, what were you expecting? What, what, what were you looking for? Mm-hmm. But. Uh, so I've got a couple. From the two star reviews, there altogether there was four out of three hundred nine. Our first one, Rick Mail by My Keybon. I watched this in the question marks. It doesn't care when you watched it the first time, and thought it was so good. Bought it on the back of Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon. Film okay, not as good as I remember. Ending a bit iffy. Great special effects, a la Thriller, though. Jenna Gutter and the rest make a good film, but memory is a funny thing. He's a wee bit mixed up. The fact that he bought it on the back of a Warren Zevon film, Werewolves of London, 
So he's going by films with similar titles. And he thought the effects were good, but they're too much like Thriller. Uh. <sighs> but it's got the fucking dishy nurse in it. That's all right. I know. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. One last one. Great film. Poor quality Blu-ray by Arch Stanton. I was disappointed by the Blu-ray version of American Werewolf in London. If you're looking for an old-style VHS video experience, then this is the one for you. It's not even widescreen. I also purchased John Carpenter's The Thing on Blu-ray at the same time as this. It looks stunning. American Werewolf in London is howling out for a proper remastering. That's just can't want to moan. So that's it. There's nothing really bad with the film. I can see some folk not being too fussed about the ending. But other than that, I mean, that's alright. It's got off lightly. Uh, Apart from that scathing one star review. Oh, I know. Now, what's next for films and swearing? Episode 139. Our 80s season continues with Ridley Scott's Blade Runner. Uh, we will be watching the final cut edition of the film, uh, which is supposedly different from the theatrical cut and the director's cut. How it's different, we will find out next week and let you know. So yeah, shout out to Andros for our theme music. Thanks to Stu and the listeners for tuning in and letting us fill their lugs. But it is now that time of the night for us to pull out. And cross the mirrors. And cross the moors. So ladies and gentlemen, fuck off and tune in next week.